0: This is Sherry Bayer from All in the Industry. You're listening to
2: Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Eat Your Words and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway. It's a beautiful spring day here in Brooklyn, but we have a couple of guests from, well, one of them lives in Brooklyn. Um, the other is a journalist uh, based in Paris currently. Um, and it just occurs to me, I don't know how to say the greeting in Swedish. Can hey. you help me out here? Hey. Hey? Hmm? Oh my hey. gosh, so I did say, <laughs> I did say hello in Swedish. All right. Good accident there. Um, my guests today have written a book called "Fika: The Art of the Swedish Coffee Break," and I'm so glad that they're both here in the station. It's Anna Bronis and Johanna Kinval. Yes. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having us. And yeah. I'm going to mispronounce everything else from here on out. <laughs> <Perfect>. uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, this book is a great—it's a great um, uh, concept to share, but it's also a really well-done cookbook. Um, Uh, Tell me a little bit about if am I understanding fika correctly? So I I know that it basically means a coffee break, but with food, too. It's like taking your coffee, but with food, and uh, it could be a noun, it could be a verb. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'd okay. say, I mean, at the end of the day, a coffee break isn't
3: really revolutionary. And like a lot of cultures do a coffee break. Okay. I think yep. what's different about the Swedish coffee break, it's not what they do. It's kind of how they do it. How hmm. they do it. Um, so it's it's very much a thing that you make time for. Hmm. Um, so it's not a push a button on an espresso machine and like, you know, down a <laughs> coffee in front of your computer. Yeah. It's not it's like take a hour
2: <laughs> no. pick me up. <laughs> Or something no. like that. Yeah, I love that um, you write that it's about having you know t- some time to spend together and slowing down, sort of. Uh,
1: yeah, you, st- you don't grab a coffee on the go, and that that's not fika. But you, right? Uh, Is somebody put the coffee pot on in, at work, and then uh, you tell everybody to uh, come, coffee.
0: It's uh-huh. coffee,
1: and every. <laughs> so and they go to the kitchen or the kitchenette or mm-hmm. the conference room and have and, their coffee.
2: And so, it's something about like—is um, it communal or can you have a, a solo bika?
1: You could. I yeah. think the point is that you actually take—you go—you walk away from whatever you do. So if you're yes, working by your okay. computer, you you go down, you make your coffee, or you you can pick up a coffee, but you you sit down mm. or um so it's the idea of like relaxing yeah and so, it could be five minutes it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be um, an hour uh, or <laughs> uh, well could be <laughs> can, can i
2: say like uh sorry guys i just need to figure right now yeah definitely you should I start, start saying a i need to, i should start doing it more often um can i say something like um uh get your feet on?
0: yeah does that work sure yeah
2: mm. <laughs> you guys are like yes that does. <laughs> um, um do you think that you the I don't know do you think that in America cuz you've been here for a while mm-hmm. Johanna um do
1: we get this concept very well? I think so. I have trained my husband, and okay. uh, he's making coffee for me twi- at least twice a day, sometimes like even three times. And uh, so we we sit a lot on the stoop mm-hmm. in the spring. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. in the sun. And uh, the best times we have something with it, like a sweet treat. Right. But it does seem like some
2: a tradition that, um, I don't know, a lot of, like, I, I guess in, like, the New York culture in particular, mm-hmm. like, workaholics – it would seem like the idea of slowing down Mm. is um, less and less done these days. But uh, is that why you decided to write about it, or how did this happen, that you wanted to kind of share this idea? Because is (laughs) amazing. Everyone should Fika.
3: No, I think it came from a... um, I mean... I love fika personally, something I grew up, I grew up in the States, but my mom's Swedish. So uh, it's something I definitely grew up with just as a a thing that we always did at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But then sort of with the like rise in popularity of Scandinavian food, it just seemed like very fitting that people would be interested in it. And I think also, and Johanna and I talk about this a lot, like any Swede that you meet that has moved away Mm -hmm. from Sweden is like, ah where like why aren't people having fika because it's just it's that such normal Mm. behavior Mm. that when you're in sweden nobody would ever think twice about Mm. the fact that it's special because it's not special it just is it's a thing that everyone does daily life um and then anyone that's traveled to sweden comes back and is like oh my god so they do this thing and you're like (laughs) fika right um because people just get so excited about it because why not i mean it's i mean It's coffee and most often a sweet treat. I mean, who doesn't like baked goods, right? Mm -hmm. And who doesn't Mm -hmm. like just like really taking a time to sit down? And yeah, it definitely can be alone. It can be with friends. But there's that very social component to it. Mm. So I think that like you're going to go meet up with friends and have coffee and a baked good and a chat. I mean, like who's going to say no to
1: that?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. See how that goes over. (laughs) Just um, start to spread the fika, and yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but uh, so, you know, you mentioned, you know, the rise of popularity in Scandinavian food. Um, I'm wondering how how different or how unique to Sweden is fika. Um, do they have something like fika in, say, you know, Denmark or...
1: Um. They have, but I don't think they. Because actually, it, you know, Danish mm-hmm. has become
2: synonymous yeah. with pastries yeah, here. And, yeah,
1: I mean, they have great pastries in mm-hmm. both uh, Norway and uh, Finland or uh, Dan- Denmark hmm uh but, but I, do I don't they... think they call it fika, no though, but i think they probably do yeah i mean I it's they probably do, do fika, it, given, yeah, But they i don't mean call given it that
3: like all of the scandinavian countries are like always in the top category of big coffee consuming yeah. places yeah. and when you look at like when you look at pastries and baked goods there are very similar things mm-hmm. in each country i mean they're done a little bit differently mm-hmm. but they're sort of you can see the similarities and so they like their coffee and a baked good as well, but I mm. think like fika, like the word and just really making it a thing, that's yeah. very particularly Swedish. From the from the like Scandinavian friends that I've outside of Sweden that right. um, I've talked to, so so it is kind of something that everyone does. But I think the Swedes like gave a name to it. Yeah, yeah I guess. they coined
1: it, mm. and uh, it's but an actually, interesting. Oh, yeah, go actually, ahead. sorry, but actually in Sweden, most Swedes actually just say coffee. I'm having coffee, okay, and then but that that's the same thing. Like now it's coffee time for coffee <laughs> okay i see yeah
2: so isn't the word fika like a, a backwards sort of slang for coffee because it's cafe how do you pronounce coffee in swedish by
3: the
1: way cafes uh, k-a-f-f-e. k-a-f-f-e and then there's
2: something about fika. it was like Maybe. reversed mm. yeah it's in the book it's, yeah um, yeah so it was um
3: uh, now, I'm not like reading the book before I came and doing my homework <laughs> myself, but um,
2: it was—I oh, want to okay. say—like late eighteen hundreds. Anna, maybe? you're right. It's <laughs> uncertain exactly when the fika tradition started, but the use of the word was noted as early as 1913, okay. using a form of slang. The two syllables for the s- uh, Swedish word for coffee, café, were cafe, cafe, cafe. cafe? Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, cafe. Yeah. Uh, were reverse resulting in the word pronounced faka. And then evolving into today's commonly used fika.
3: Yeah. So when I was doing research um, on like the written part of the book, that sort of the the using the slang of reversing syllables is mm-hmm. actually something that. Happens in a lot of different languages, oh. um, and in specifically, what I read in my research um, was that in particularly, there were a lot of workers that had come from other places around Sweden to Stockholm to do work, and it was a sort of like working class way of having oh, a language so between them. And that, like, you find that in other cultures yeah. as well. Like that, they've had a, like there's a similar thing in in Britain, and um, I know like in in French it's called Verlan, and it's mm. like city kids use this like you just reverse syllables and it's this like way of talking so that's like that particular thing of reversing syllables to say something is not something that's um, particular to Sweden. Right, it's a sort of like Mm. slang. Mm.
2: That is so cool. Um, And I loved reading about like the the history um, of fika and also related sort of coffee traditions. There is another one that is a little bit more formal and you said it was like for holidays or, or funerals or something like that. What is that called? Cafe.
1: Cafe. Cafe. Cafe.
2: Yeah.
1: And and how? Ha- <laughs> it's coffee rope, actually. It coffee rope? rope. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Obviously, I don't well, know why. why?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's often like for more formal occasions. Um, yes. And it's also, it's also often
1: when I grew up, it was old ladies. Old ladies. That, so it got could it. be that uh, they they met to yeah to gossip and uh, uh-huh. but it was yeah it was and then a- they were like always like presenting like at least seven types of cookies uh-huh a sponge cake uh, the buns, of course, cinnamon buns or cardamom buns. And if it was really like festive, they had a, a, a tart as well, like a, a tort as a well. Tot. And it
3: was funny because when we were um, we were in Sweden together uh, for a week working on the book, and do you remember we went to like a, we went to an old bookshop and we found one of those like, you know, those classic like 50s, 60s etiquette books, mm-hmm. like written for women, like mm-hmm. Here's How to Be a Great Housewife, right. essentially. And there was an entire chapter on like how to do the right up and it was like, <laughs> sort of, here's what you, like, here's what you need to bake, here's oh, no what you need way. to do, here's, like, all of the specific things that you need to do to, like,
1: yeah. do it right. Yeah. The, oh they, my have goodness. Table clothed, they have to be tablecloth. they have to be, like, um, I, do you say mangled, or, I mean, like, it have to be ironed. Pressed. Like a, yeah, really. Pressed. Yeah. And oh. And ironed. Be no wrinkles. Nap, okay. Yeah, <laughs> napkins, mm-hmm. and, and the, they have a sugar, because um, uh, they have sugar bite, and, uh, um cubes. cubes and you take it with a special tool. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And uh, oh my <laughs> and goodness, something special for the milk. Everything and,
2: in its uh, place. Yeah. So speaking of those seven types of cookies, I am holding what looks to be a beautiful it, it looks similar to a raspberry thumbprint or jam thumbprint. Um but it's amazing. And what do you call this? It's, they're called uh, sultgrottor.
3: Mhm. Yeah, okay. which
2: literally translates to jam caves.
3: So jam you cave. can you can do it with I mean do it with whatever jam you want to mm. i think in the book um we use a jam recipe oh that's goodness. then later in the book
1: yeah there's
2: something in the there's something in this wonderful buttery kind of cookie shortbread thing it tastes a little bit like aniseed or cardamom seed or, mm, or aniseed. i yeah. got it nice <laughs> um it's absolutely delicious so flaky it's but do you ground better. the and oh yeah lots of butter um, yeah. So it's interesting because it's like jam well or jam thumbprint, similar, right? Yep. And uh, you mentioned cinnamon cinnamon rolls are a mm. common, um, one of the quintessential Fika foods. Well, right? I mean, that's probably what people, if they've traveled to Sweden mm-hmm. or they've been in like a
3: Swedish cafe, that's probably the one thing that you would like visually identify really? with, with Fika. Mm.
2: Yeah. Now, how I can't visually um, conjure it is it similar to our cinnamon
1: buns? No, no. And I think there's, there's, here they often they often bake them clogged together, like more like a sticky bun. Yeah, that's true. And that's not uh, what the cinnamon okay. bun is. Is it swirly? It's swirly. Really, uh, it's uh, it's a roll, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have uh, frosting on it. It's we uh, <laughs> use uh, pearl sugar. <laughs> And it's very... <laughs> yeah,
2: I forgot the frosting part yeah. and a lot of American treats.
3: Yeah, so there's this... Um, so they can be rolled, but then there's also people will do like a... It's like a twist. Yeah. There's no there's no like proper way to say this but it's like a twisty looking yeah. thing yeah. Um, so it looks a bit more like braided Ooh. into a bun yeah mm. so that's another common way of doing them but then they, on top you have this thing like Johanna said called pearl soccer, mm. uh, which is pearl sugar and it's basically like Ooh. clumps of you know they're, they're white and they're um, they look almost like, like rock salt like bigger pieces mm. of salt but they're sugar and they mm. don't melt when you bake mm. them so basically you get these like you know these little buns like dotted mm. with this white sugar on top Ooh. that's like the classic thing mm-hmm. mm.
2: Um, that sounds delicious. It is, and is that difficult to make? Because um, you know, this I also love this book because you stress the importance of making your own fika, not going mm. into the store, not mm. going to the fancy bakery and buying fika. I mean, I I'm mean, misusing this term, aren't I? <laughs> How do you say like the food no, that goes great. with fika, like the pastries or cookies, or do they just all have their different names?
1: Uh, a small cookie. I uh, you want it in Swedish, or, or? like uh, other
2: baked goods or or foods that you would serve. Um, well, you, al- can say, you can say you can say
3: kaffebröd, mm, which is kafferbred. which means coffee bread, yeah. and okay. that's kind of like a that's a it's reference like, to like any of that's more like bread bun related. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but that's like that's one expression that's a bit more general. Yeah.
1: Smell That yeah. says uh, small, uh, and that's small cookies. And oh, okay. Be a smell karka. And, oh, uh, God. smoke <laughs> <Smilk. laughs> I'm not
2: going to try. But, um... So, you know, you say that um, for you, um, both of your parents... Both of your mothers used to mm. bake um, constantly. Um, mm. And uh, for you, baking from scratch is sort of the norm. Mm. And um, that is always the reigning um, preference, is to have homemade fika uh, rather than store-bought. And uh, so, how... Is that hard to pull off? I mean, kind of like having some food in different stages, you know, with a yeast dough, like kind of rising it overnight. Or um, is this like a is this a very consuming task or depends on what you're making? Mm hmm. I'd say that
3: like when what we've done in the book we tried really hard that it was to make very diverse recipes so Mm -hmm. even if you are like a beginning Mm -hmm. baker or just you know don't feel very comfortable in the kitchen there's still Mm -hmm. like some easy recipes in there that you can do and then there's there's other stuff that's a bit more elaborate Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. like bread and stuff that Mm -hmm. you know I mean people should totally feel empowered to do any of the recipes in there if they've never baked before but Mm -hmm. just to say that there's a bit of a range Okay, Um, and also I mean that's the thing like that's why those cinnamon rolls are so special because yeah. they do take a bit of time which means you don't bake them all the time mm. it's like right, it's a special thing right, when you I do see. it mm.
1: or you do a bigger batch and do mm-hmm. it like my mother did it every second week mm, so every and then she made week. for two weeks ahead so and you can
3: freeze stuff yeah
2: yeah well i mean it sounds like a very graceful way to always have something on hand for entertaining and i definitely appreciate that that, that concept and, and also goes along with the concept of just slowing down too you spend some time to make something homemade for your guests and take a take a moment to, uh, to meditate on that and not meditate on that but just enjoy it I think yeah I appreciate Ooh. it yeah alright so we're gonna cut to a quick little commercial interlude and we'll be right back ten Moore Has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Washed rind cheeses are a fairly recent addition to the repertoires of artisanal cheesemakers in the United States. These cheeses tend to be stinkier than other types and are often high on the list of connoisseurs. Now, Whole Foods Market has come up with one of their own. The raw cow's milk cheese made by Sprout Creek Farm in Poughkeepsie, New York is washed with six point ale from Red Hook, Brooklyn. The beige sticky rind deepens in color as it ages. The satiny ivory cheese within is mellow with a sweetly tangy bite and a grassy aroma. The current version features six-point diesel, which is in limited supply, so stop by and pick up some before it's gone. And point-of-origin cheese is sold exclusively at Whole Foods Market in New York, northern New Jersey, and Connecticut. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com.
0: This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
2: Hey, we're back chatting more with Anna Bronis and Johanna Kinval about the new that bo- the new book Fika: The Art of the Swedish Coffee Break. Um, I've noticed a little bit that Fika is picking up, especially in New York City. We have a, a bakery or coffee house chain called Fika. Um, which seems a little bit like calling your tapas bar tapas, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's actually Fika cafes all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Fika. I was in Australia in the fall.
3: There's one in Sydney. It's called Fika Swedish Kitchen, I think. Mm. There's one like I've done I like looked into it. Yeah. There's like one in Seoul.
2: Mm.
3: There's one. There's one in London. There's one in like Toronto.
2: They're sort of all over. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I love the concept, and also it just strikes me that it's a little bit similar to, like, a, in the Eastern tradition, a tea house, where you would have little snacks along with tea, and you just hang out for a while, mm-hmm. and, uh, but, uh, would you stay, like, all day at, a, a, a doing fika?
1: <laughs> you could, actually, if you go out with a friend, it could actually end up you staying quite yeah. long, but, and, because you have a lot to catch up, and, mm-hmm. um, but normally in, in, at work, it's often it's like uh, a, 5 to 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Um, w- anything about how the coffee is made? Is um, there any rules around how to, how to steep coffee? It
1: depends. Or is it a preference thing? Well, it's not.
3: I mean, there's no rules. I would say Mm -hmm. traditionally, Mm -hmm. like, it's it's Sweden known for brygkaffe, which is just like your sort of standard, um, like, drip Drip. filter coffee. Yeah. Got it. Uh, There's also an older method, like Mm kukkaffe, cooked coffee, boiled Mm -hmm. coffee. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's quite standard. But I mean, nowadays you have, like, the influence of sort of more Mm -hmm. southern European coffee culture with espresso drinks and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just as common nowadays to go in and order, like, a latte as it is to go and order... You're just like black,
2: yeah. But it's like they do like it's strong. Mm.
3: They're like a strong, yeah. mm. strong
1: coffee. It yeah, it's really
2: interesting that the Scandinavian countries top the list for coffee consumption. Mm. That's like, and that's such a recent phenomenon. I loved reading a little bit about the history about coffee in Sweden and how um, it, it. At first, there, the coffee houses were kind of rowdy and un, you know, and then um, it got a bad reputation, and then coffee became like this luxury elite thing and it was um it was banned during a time of austerity is that correct yeah it was one of the kings that banned
3: it for when, but it's interesting because all of that like that actually if you look at coffee history in general hmm. sweden definitely follows a very similar um, path that all of the european yeah. countries had because uh-huh. they basically once um once coffee had you know became this commodity item at first there wasn't very much of it so right only it only the, was the aristocracy sleeping. was drinking it. And then you sort of had these more like coffee houses popping up, which were really only frequented by men. Um, you know, often they were, like in Sweden, for example, in Gothenburg, they were close to the port. So that's mm. normally not known for being... You know, the nicest (laughs) part of town. Um, But you sort of have... And it's the same in in France. Like, you know, they always talk about um, cafes really fueling the French Revolution because they were gathering places. Ah. Um, So it's it's interesting because I think it it fits into that just sort of general Mm. coffee history in terms of, like, Mm. how that went from just exotic import to everyday consumption. And now it's a
2: classless uh, drink. Mm. It's a a unifying beverage, it sounds like. Um, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about, we mentioned the cardamom or cinnamon buns. Is it cinnamon or
1: cardamom or either or both? It could be both. It could be okay. either. But I think most both uh, uh, the doughs often have a little bit of cardamom in them. And Ew. then the filling could be either just cardamom oh. and uh, butter and sugar, of course, and then, and then or cinnamon Mhm. Uh, and butter and sugar but I'm I'm a huge cardamom
2: fan so Mm. that sounds really good we are um, are too yeah it was actually funny
3: because in doing a lot of these recipes we were like oh we, we, I mean, we put cardamom in like everything that we uh-huh. make individually. But it was like, okay, well, here's a yet another recipe
2: with uh-huh. cardamom. Yeah.
3: Like, uh-huh. no, maybe we need to diversify. Great to
2: me. <laughs> I love that you mentioned too that your kitchens are very minimal. You don't have a lot of gadgets, and you ground the cardamom with a mortar and pestle mm. each time. Yeah. Does that make it just more flavorful and fresher? And
1: yeah, I mean, and it's just, just so wonderful to just smash it, and you just get all the fumes in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah. I've Arom- always,
2: aromatherapy while baking.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I've always really like this. Might be a personal thing, but I've always liked the fact that when you take you take the cardamom seeds and you and you grind them, as opposed to buying pre-ground, you always get these like kind of chunky bits, yeah. which yeah. like make for this. It's not like you have a. It's not like you have a dough with like all these like bits in it, but you do sometimes just kind of like bite into a little yeah. piece of cardamom seed, and mm-hmm. I really like
2: that. I think yeah. I know that, that yeah. feeling too. Yeah. That is really fun. Alright, so you you made the vetabuller, yeah. is the cardamom and cinnamon rolls, or buns, and then the mm, s- <laughs> silt gotter is the jam thumbprints or no. jam caves. Tell me a little bit about the um, Finska pinar. Hmm.
1: Finnish sticks? Yeah, they are Hmm. probably not Finnish at all. Oh. (laughs) I actually got it. I posted on Instagram recently, and a Finnish guy asked me. so So. Are these actually from Finland? Uh huh. And I said no. <laughs> I don't. I was hoping you could answer that. question.
2: I mean, yeah, it's like it's like we call any baked good Danish right now. Yeah. It's like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. Cool. So I, I love the um sort of holiday treats too. There's a beautiful, by the way. Uh, Johanna made all the illustrations in this book, and um, they're really amazing. Uh, but this you you laughed on mm. the. It's a traditional Yule board, Christmas table, spread of, of pickled herring, ham, t- potatoes, and so forth. Um, but uh, you also serve certain uh, pastries. <laughs> I'm, like, struggling with words right now in a way that I haven't. But sweetest missed. is really hard. <laughs> it is. It's a tough one. I language. usually, like, really try to pronounce <laughs> things, and I'm just looking at words, and I'm stopping dead in my <laughs> tracks. Um, but... <laughs> Tell me a little bit about this um, deer-shaped pastry. Is oh, that? that's not the pastry. Oh, actually. That's sorry.
1: actually uh, it's it's made of hay. <laughs> oh, so it's,
2: it's an ornament. De- it's an ornament. Yes. Oh, okay. It's
1: actually, and also it's not a deer. It's actually a, um, book. It's a, a goat. I think it's a it's a goat. Yeah. It's, a, it's adorable. Uh, the male of the goat. Yeah. All
2: right. So, um, so, some of these like sort of uh, more. Uh, special occasion foods that you have in the recipes. Um, one of them we all know, and that's glog. Yeah. Yeah, which is a <laughs> Swedish mulled wine. And uh, is that different?
1: Like, how is that spiced in Sweden? It's, uh, I mean, compared to mulled wine, it's often, mulled wine often is, it's a little bit lighter, I feel. Uh, the Glag is more... Um, it's more uh, Spice? more spices. Okay, more spices, got it. Because yes, so, it could be um, like clove, yeah, uh, cinnamon, yes, orange. Uh, orange could be, we have nutmeg in the recipe, oh. I think, and ginger.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. It's sort of. Yeah, it looks delicious. Yeah. I love. I love having a recipe for that yeah. because. Um, well, it's not the right season, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really good to kn- to know how different cultures do it mm. um so one of the one of my favorite types of food these days is the open face sandwich or smorgas mm. and uh or i i've known it in danish culture as smora brood. yep yep and uh smorgas um is also if you have like a whole board of of smorgas then mm. it's a smorgas board exactly yeah. I'm so dumb right now. I'm sorry. I'm, like, stating such obvious things, and you guys are like, yeah. No, it's good, but I think... But, but
3: it's funny, because smorgasbord is one of those words... Yeah, that we um, know. ...that, like, that everybody uses that, but actually, no... But then you like... But you know that it actually means, like... Uh, Open-faced. And they like, really? Because like, yeah. it's such a you know, we've like Americanized that. A bit. I see. Mm. I see.
2: Mm. Yeah. I do. I do like make euphemisms like with Smorgasburg or like, um, just use as a metaphor for like a whole spread of exactly. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So some of the classic open face sandwiches or smorgas, I'm really excited to, uh, take a look at one of them is a meatball one. I didn't know about that too much. Is that like Swedish meatballs cut up and then with like lettuce or herbs or
1: they often say that with, um, um, a beetroot salad. Beet, but, okay. Yeah, it's like, uh, but it's actually pickled beets. Okay. So and uh, with uh, mayonnaise, or it uh, could be oh. also be cream fresh. I think. And well, then, that sounds
2: great. Yeah. So it's beet salad, and then the um, meatballs. Yeah. On bread. Mm. Sounds awesome. <laughs> um, wh- what is your favorite smorgas? Both mm. of you.
1: I I often am very simple. I like like uh, sliced cheese and uh, pickled uh, uh, gherkins. Sliced cheese and pickled gherkins. Yeah. Good one. All right,
3: Anna? I have no idea. Um, I really like... Oh God, I don't even know. I like really dark, like, rye dark, bread. rye. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Me too. Um, yeah, me the, the too. Rye, like, the bread just has to be dense. Otherwise, there's sort of no point, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I really like... Um, I actually really like, and it's not something I do on my own, but I do really like having the ones with like um, a little bit fancier, like you have a little bit of like cured salmon mm-hmm. and some dill. Yeah. Um, that's really, like, that's really good. I, that's something I do rarely on my own, but that's like really special. Um, mm. If I get that, that's pretty exciting. Cool. But I'd say, yeah, I, I think the my my grandmother in Sweden, one I like that she does a lot um for breakfast is it's just like sliced cheese and then some cut apples on top. Oh. So you get that just like a sliced apple. So you get that sort of sweetness. Oh. Um that's kinda different. I think that's the thing about Swedish smogos is like it can really be anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean as long as it's tasty. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's usually cold, right? Like not like grilled cheese or no, something. Yeah. No, it's, it's like yeah. kinda of fresh. Yeah. Fresh feeling. I love that. It's Sweden, right. you
1: also buy cheeses in like big quantities, so you often have like a um, oh, not a foot, but six inches, basically.
2: <laughs> <Like it's like, laughs> you have like a like, foot of cheese like, in the you fridge, know, like
1: big, like big blocks. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> like big,
3: like kind of how you would buy like a like a Swiss cheese. Often, yeah. you know, you don't buy just like a small sliver of it; like yeah. you buy something that's a bit substantial.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: And then we have that um, we have that cheese slicer that's quite. People ah, that are into perfect. Scandinavian design tend to know that one because it sort of um, looks a bit like a triangle at the top, and then it has like a little, uh, little hole kind of at the bottom. That then and then you you pull that along the cheese, and it slices it very very thinly, like way thinner mm. that you can get with no a kidding. knife. kidding,
2: mm. way thinner than American singles.
1: Yes, mm. oh, wow, <laughs> and tastier. <laughs>
2: um, that's that sounds great. Yeah, and I love the idea that it's pre-sliced, so you have that like kind of freshness rather than. Mm. I don't know whatever then so we have like package sliced in in the states but um <laughs> it, um finally you know we don't have that much more time but i I love that you stress how ingredients are really crucial um, using the best ingredients are crucial to getting the the best effect for your fika. and and it's so important because you want to take pride and show off your homemade baked goods by only using so what are some of your rules around like what kind of ingredients like flour butter eggs milk um what what are some go to kind of rules? Um, is it organic, the good grass stuff. fed? Yeah. The good well, stuff? I think it. I mean, it depends on what you personally
3: like. What your own food what policy like. is. Best, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like my favorite, but I will butter. say I will say that. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's a lot of butter, sugar, flour. Yeah, like, we're not talking about healthy diet like, no. here. We're sure. talking about. But the thing is, is if you use good ingredients then you're only going to eat like one or two cookies because they're going to be they're going to taste really well you know you're not going to just binge it's on just the entire little, batch yeah. like you use good stuff and then you have a little bit of it
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh and i think that's because yeah I, I definitely have had that kind of like yeah. oh it's a lot of butter well it is for sure but the but cookies are small so exactly they are small so it's, exactly. like a, small. Yeah.
1: So it's not like a six inches it's, not, no, it's okay. not a foot of cooking no. No, no no,
3: but I think <laughs> I think yeah I mean we both of us definitely um, you know uh, buy organic products mm. um, we like eggs from happy chickens mm. etc yeah um, so for us I mean, that's like something that, that yeah. in general when, when we cook those are things we strive for so obviously that translates mm-hmm. into the into the baking as well
2: right mm. so it's like you cook with your heart you buy with your heart and you mm. you serve it with pride and yeah. I, I love that um So I guess that's about all the time we have for today. Um, But thank you so much for joining and helping me explain somewhat less poorly than the beginning um, how Fika works. (laughs) It sounds delicious. And everyone check out this new book by Anna Bruns and Johanna Kinvel. It's out from 10 Speed. And uh, thanks again, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words.
0: I like the way you
1: do Whoa. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.